Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are going to talk about the third episode of Season 10 of Doctor Who called Thin Ice. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Adam. What were your initial thoughts on this on this one? I thought it was a pretty solid episode. I mean, a lot of it felt like it was bits from older episodes to an extent, but uh, I thought it fit together pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's always tough when it, when it's when it's a better episode than a you know a one with problems like last week. Because you know, I, I don't have a big pile of nitpicks this week, but I do have thoughts on it. But uh, one thing I want to ask you actually is, you were talking last week about how the whole, uh, you know. 1800s England thing London thing was kind of an issue for you did you get past that this week do you think um no I don't think I did and I think that was the main (laughs) thing that I didn't like about the episode I can't say it was a bad episode and it wasn't for me it wasn't a great episode either but it was yeah I wasn't um I wasn't totally pulled in on it but it was mainly due to the fact that these 18 and I don't know why it's funny I was watching Sweeney Todd the other night and like you know like that that I think yeah. that, that's 1890s, isn't it? I don't know exactly the date that that's set in. But... Well, yeah, I'd be around 1890s or so, yeah. And I, and, I, and I thought that was fine. But whenever, but for some reason, when Doctor Who goes there, I just kind of don't... Even for the Christmas specials. Like, I mean, I watch... I like the Christmas specials because they're a treat. Like, a lot of times, they're, like, the only thing you get, depending on yeah. how the series are going. And there have been some really good Christmas episodes. But, but that's still usually kind of like... If I were... If I were going to give an episode uh, 80 points out of 100, just it being set at that time brings it down about 10 or 20 points for me. Um, yeah. And I don't know why yeah. that is. I, I really don't. But in this one, um, I, I thought it was a pretty – I, I like the monster. I thought it was a really cool monster idea. I liked that it was sort of mm-hmm. set around the, the, the river. That that was really cool with the festival. Like that, that was a really – that was a kind of an interesting place to contain the story. And I don't, know, yeah. I don't know why I thought that. Um, but I just was not, you know, again, just kind of not fully uh, pulled into it uh, as I might have been if it was like set 50 years later or something. Yeah. I well, see this time, though, it was actually like 1814. So I thought, you know, maybe oh, maybe right. the early maybe the early 1800s would be like you'd be like, wow, the Regency era. This is exciting. You know, but, uh... that, that, that is a good point. <laughs> I did catch that, that, he, that they mentioned the date and. I, I have to say, though, it didn't feel a whole lot different. It didn't. Um, no, it felt totally the same, yeah. aside from the fact that, you know, that was, you know, the the, the Frost uh, fairs were a real thing. But that was the last time ever that the uh, the Thames ever froze. So that was like that really was the last one. That was actually a historical thing they were building the episode on there. Well, and, that, but, and those uh, kind of touches are nice. I mean, when they do stuff like that, I do appreciate that. Um yeah. But uh, but but again, it's not it's not as dramatic as sending it like, you know, in the in the 1700s or something. I think I think that would have, uh, uh-huh. you know, that that I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's it, it's more it's more of just like a quirky thing, you know, for me where I just wasn't I just can't, I just can't get as into these episodes that are set at that period for whatever reason. And, no, and, it's, it's, it, and it's unique to Doctor Who, though. That's why I'm not really uh, I think it's kind of a kind of a. Uh, I don't know, a sh- somewhat shallow complaint. 
Yeah, right well, I think I think to an extent it's laziness on their part anyway, because they, basically every time they're they're low on budget, they're like, "Hey, we're the BBC. We've got a million, you know, eighteen hundreds costumes. Let's uh, let's just go go oh, back to the eighteen hundreds again." I guess the, I, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I guess I guess it is. I mean, but that that that. But see, here's the thing. That's one of the things I like about Doctor Who. I feel like they're the kind of show that when they're cornered because of their budget, they're able to turn it into gold. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. like the Daleks are basically like a trash can with a plunger on them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe when they came out, they actually weren't as uh, inexpensive as they seem now. But uh, but and obviously now they kind of have them flying and stuff. But I feel like the um, I, I feel like it's it's a show that makes very good use of few resources when it has them. Because I've seen yeah. episodes that have been, there. I mean, I, I, what do they call them? The corridor episodes where it's like they're just in tunnels. And yes. some of those are actually pretty good episodes, even though there's like not a whole lot of uh, set or, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, in the in the new new series, Midnight, um, one of the episodes back when Tennant, one of Tennant's last episodes was that one where he was kind of, they were kind of stuck on that space train thing, kind of like just in one room for the entire episode. And that's like, one of the absolute best episodes but, no that, uh, that, that that that's definitely one that stands out i think and, and again i think it, i think maybe because when you put people when you're not when you're not sort of chewing on not chewing on the scene but when you're not sort of like showing off all of the sets and the effects and everything you have to deal with what the characters are doing with each other yeah and that sometimes you know makes for a more it, it can also make for a really boring episode if it's done badly but when it's done <laughs> well it, it it can be a great episode um and that that one definitely stands out in my mind. I would agree with that one. Um, yeah. Now this one, I thought, yeah, but I mean, this one, this one had pretty good effects otherwise, though. So this this was a uh, this mm-hmm. had kind of almost a movie look to it at times. The part that I liked about this movie, uh, sorry, about this episode, was um, the the moments. I felt like they were revisiting a lot of the stuff that Clara had gone through with this particular doctor, but they found. They found a better middle ground, I think, with it, maybe, where it wasn't so jarring yes. to people. I, I mean, there there were definitely callbacks to things that happened with Clara. I mean, the whole him putting her on the spot, making her choose thing they did. They did that with Clara during the whole the, the episode where the moon was an egg with a space well, monster. And in this it. reminded and, this reminded me a lot of that episode because it's basically the same kind of thing where like a new like a uh, you know t- time is kind of there's like a like something dramatic has happened uh mm-hmm. that's connected with the you know like uh with with human history but also some new entity is released in a really dramatic you know it's ki- kind of like that 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 uh what was the creature in the moon in that episode the um uh, I didn't, I don't I didn't they like ever, I don't think they gave, I don't know if they ever gave it a name it was just this kind of space dragon thing like that super friends episode yeah but, I, uh, I was actually a, that wasn't a space dragon on super friends but it was still in the moon I, I wasn't a big fan of the of the of that episode but um, no but I thought this this handled that <laughs> this felt similar in the end um, but I thought it yeah. was better um, but I forget what, what was I trying to say I think that um Oh, but the stuff with with uh, the doctor and and uh, and Bill that kind of was reminiscent of the stuff with the doctor and Clara, I felt like he had a much better response to the criticisms this time around. Than, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I like you know when she freaked out when the boy got killed and got upset with him and stuff. He was very measured in response, and I thought you know 
it worked well on her end too because she got over it reasonably quickly and i mean it was just it felt it felt like a realistic response on both people's parts so it uh you know because they could have they could have made it oh she was upset for him the whole episode and it became a big drama thing but it was just it was kind of a nice character moment because they didn't they didn't take it too far well what i liked about it too was they didn't really soften him they didn't say okay no he's different now they he, mm-hmm. he basically still kind of stuck to the same you know the same attitude that he had when he was dealing with clara but he just explained it better you know what i mean he was just like look i'm like two thousand years old and i've never had a moment for you know the luxury of being outraged whatever his phrasing was that he used there and i thought that was a um i don't know i just it just kind of it worked a little bit better than than some of the and i and i actually kind of liked some of the stuff that happened between him and clara but i felt like this probably landed a little better with uh with with the the bulk of the audience and um and it just seemed like yeah. more effective. I mean, I guess the interesting thing, though, in doing the same, you know, having the same situation again is, if I recall, he's lost most of his memories of Clara. And so, it, you know, it almost makes you wonder, is he kind of going through a loop here to an extent where he's doing the same thing by putting her in that choice position? I was wondering, but, about, uh, I was wondering about that because I feel like... Um, the it, it's a little hard for me to tell if he's completely forgotten about Clara or not, and I feel like there have been hints uh-huh. that he might have regained some of the the traces of the memory, especially even in the episode after, where it was like clear there's still some lingering impression in his head. Um, but how much of that he knows consciously, I'm I'm curious about. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. They are unclear on that. I mean, you know, I, I it's 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 a case where. You know, and you have to wonder, you know, is him putting her in the position where he'd be like, okay, you have to be the one to choose. Clara's big flaw during her final season was that, you know, she thought she basically was on the same level as the doctor. And that's what got her into the trouble, you know, at the end where she got herself temporarily killed and everything. So, you know, I'm wondering if they're if they're going down the same road i mean i don't know i kind of hope they aren't because i don't i don't really want to see bill go through the same kind of character arc we've already gone through but it uh you know it just kind of raises that question if it's a deliberate callback or if it's just them kind of recycling plot i don't know well i think i think it would be a shame if they just did the same thing over and over again i I mean on the one hand I don't know if they do it right. It could work if it's if it's if it's because he's legitimately forgotten and he's sort of condemned to kind of repeat some things. As long mm-hmm. as they add something to it, so it's not a waste of my time. I don't mind. Um, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I I, I I I can sort of see what you're saying there. I guess I don't know. I think Bill's character is very different, though. I don't see her go- Clara. That's, Clara that's really went went down that I'm the doctor uh, road, and I don't. I don't think that uh, Bill seems like she would. No. So my, my kind of my point really is that I'd be okay with having the doctor repeat some of the same things he does, but by making it him doing it with Bill, Bill having maintaining Bill is a different enough character that everything plays out differently when he does the same things. So I think that would be the way to go. So I hope that's what they're doing. But uh, but yeah, it, 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 if they if they did make Bill go down the same kind of path as Clara, it, like it, it would just kind of ruin her character because that's that's just not how I see her. <laughs> she becomes but, the impossible girl. The, the impossible <laughs> girl. Yeah. No. Or, no, or she's really, really like another incarnation of Clara. I was or even so. thinking back to the impossible girl plot. That would be terrible. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, the, the uh, way if they, they could if if they had her be Clara, that would just ruin the season for me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's we're, we're we're both in agreement. We hope uh, we don't get that again. But uh, uh, and I should say yeah. this episode, I feel like I missed some really key points. I I, I was fielding uh, calls from my wife while I was watching the episode, and so a couple of the speeches got interrupted, and one of them. In fact, I, I like my my wife called and I was like watching the screen, but I couldn't hear a word of what they were saying. And and then as soon as I put the phone down, Bill said that was a magnificent speech. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, what did I miss? And so you might have to fill me in on any of the the details. Like, yeah, the gist of that speech was he was basically saying that you you know you measure a species by how that species treats its own weakest members you know basically saying you know that you know the lord guy saying that you know that kid was disposable whatever he's just feeding worthless people to it he's saying you know that's your your measure is how you value that kid but he'd said it more eloquently than i did okay all right (laughs) yeah that and and i and i did like i did like the mystery aspect of this episode there was kind of like uh you know they had to investigate and i think that's always fun and I liked the bit where they had the old the the old timey diving suits. Um, I I didn't understand though why when the kid went through he was eaten, but when they went through, you know, like it, it didn't it didn't bother to eat Bill. That was a point that I was a little bit unclear on. I don't know. I'll make something up right now. It's because it has some kind of like you know sensibility in the water where it senses them. Because they had the suits on, it couldn't couldn't smell them, so they they weren't food. That's uh, that's my my okay, that, I'm making up right now. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, I figured it might have been something like that, but I I thought maybe I missed something in the show that like you know there was, that was more explicitly uh, called. No, out. they gave no explanation for that that I saw. Yeah, I, I was and wondering about that too. Was but. the Lord's name Sutcliffe? Was that was that who the Lord was? Sutcliffe. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, I, was... I oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no no just go on. I so yeah what were you gonna say about him oh no i just i just i um i i like the bit where you know he made the the orphan the heir and all that stuff the the ending had kind of a nice little bow on it that i thought worked Um, yeah but again i think at the end of the day i just was i mean it was it wasn't a bad episode but i had kind of the same reaction i had to the what was the ghost episode i think it was it was either tenant or eccleston that was uh no that was uh I, I think the third episode ever. That was an Eccleston episode, the one with the with the with the ghosts that were there were actually uh, these aliens that had been erased from history that were trying to take over human bodies. Is that yeah. the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was uh, Eccleston. So that so that I thought was um, you know about the same as this for me. So you know, I guess I guess I liked it better than that. But yeah, it, it was never an exciting episode. There was never any moment in this episode where I was really like, "Wow, that was amazing." But I I liked it all the way through. So okay. you know, no, and, but, and I I couldn't re- I didn't really have any big criticisms of the uh, you know, and I and I and I did like at the end they kind of brought the vault in, and I I, I again I liked the way that it's coming in at the end. It's not it's not infiltrating every episode the whole way through and making me feel like I'm watching the walking dead or I'm just waiting for the <laughs> next plot beat, which is really becoming like a major annoying thing for me with television lately. So I like that. I even, even though it wasn't my favorite episode in the world, I, I, I could, I could hang back, enjoy the episode. And then at the end of it, 
reshift my focus to the to the vault and the two didn't really interact in a way that 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 i don't know just kind of tainted the episode itself yeah yeah it was just uh kind of a coda there but uh yeah um yeah and as far as my vault prediction i promised now the the safe choice the safe choice would be to go with the master you know say the master is locked in there but that's boring i'm not going to do that so i am going to go with the other other missing character that people always want back i'm going to say the ronnie's locked in there because it's 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 Moffat's last season and he's going to have to pull out one more ridiculous character from the old show. So I'm going to go with the Ronnie just okay. to, uh, just to go with a long shot oddball choice. That's it. Now, now here, you know, here's the thought. Now I, I'm still going to stick with my prediction, um, because mm-hmm. I made it. Um, but I did have another thought when you said the Ronnie, what about the Valyard? Could it be the Valyard in there? Do you think? Huh? The Valyard. Let's see. I mean, I've been waiting for the Valyard. For, like, that's the, the plot point I've really wanted to see forever. And this is the time, <laughs> like, when we're, you know, like, so. Yeah, I, yeah, no, nah, you're right. This is the time for the Valyard. That's such, that's that's a great choice. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, you know I, be, I support that. You know what would be really, uh, I know they won't do this, but this is because I know that they're bringing back the 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 guy that played the master what was his name sims is that the guy who played him sims yeah that's yeah. why i'm saying he's the safe yeah. choice on who's on the vault because we know he's in there this season he's got to pop up from somewhere so what i think would be really cool is if they i know capaldi is technically not going to play the doctor anymore but what if he stayed on as the valyard and they brought a new doctor in do you know what i mean like what if the like they have huh. this other version of the doctor played because we know capaldi can play like a a very morally questionable doctor just fine so yeah i think yeah. that would be that that i mean i don't know if they'd be able to do that just logistically in terms of keeping him on but i think i think that would be amazing um that would be great yeah i'd be i'd be fine with that having uh capaldi as the volleyard would be fun but uh yeah that would be be complicated reconciling that with him keeping himself locked up in the vault. I mean, not that it couldn't be done on Doctor Who, but it would be a uh, it would be weird. Well, no. But, so uh, I guess I guess it depends on what the value. Like, I guess the way that I was seeing is, is one way to maybe think of the value art is it could be some kind of split that happens with the. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, mm-hmm. and so maybe maybe there's this other version of himself that he has, like kind of like the evil. Do you know what I mean? Like the evil version yeah. of the current doctor. And that could yeah. serve as the value. Because, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's cloudy enough that you could they could explain it any number of ways and and have Capaldi in as the. Uh, um, yeah, well, you've got technically you do have parallel universes in Doctor Who, even if they don't do much with it. So, I mean, and, and I, I mean, that. what is the what are the parameters of the value? I mean, is he because because what did they say? They said between his what was it between the 12th and the 13th final no, I, I, I've got the, the number final. thirteen in my head, but I can't remember if it's before or after the thirteen. I'm I'm drawing a blank on that. I think it's Let's I think see. it was either between the twelfth and the final or the thirteenth and the final incarnation was the okay. I think. Let me look it up because I mean you know I was yeah yeah this is so this is important. There's no excuse we to, for we need to resolve this. Uh, <laughs> Let's see and. Uh, but yeah, I, you know... Your 12th and your final incarnation. So here's the full quote. 
there is some evil in all of us, Doctor, even you. The Valyard is an amalgamation of the darker side of your nature, somewhere between your twelfth and your final incarnation. And I may say you do not improve with age. So I think I think there's... Pl- I mean, again, there might be canon that I'm not familiar with that contradicts this, but I would think that it would be perfectly reasonable for them to have... Kind of like, remember how the... Um, uh, how, how Tennant's doctor had a, um, uh, what did he do? I think he cut off, I, I, there was, I forget what they call it, but he like cut off his arm or something. And there was another version of him that I think yeah. grew off of it. Yeah. Um, and I know there's a name for that doctor. Um, but I can't remember what it, what it is, but they could do something like that where, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, like another version of the Capaldi doctor. another version yeah that's uh that's that's possible um because yeah the what was it the arm well that the hand thing that got cut off became that uh clone doctor that rose ended up with so yeah which i don't know that was that was pretty terrible but uh yeah Yeah, let me look up 10th doctor and see if i can find the um I don't know if I'm going to find the name for it but but you know what i'm talking about i do know what you're talking about yeah but uh but yeah, you know, getting back to the thing with him uh, giving Bill that choice too. The uh, other thing it reminded me of, because like like I said, this episode reminded me of the Beast Below. You know, the Beast Below. You had that spaceship that was powered by the space whale that was trapped inside it, and uh, and of course the thing in that is the Doctor made the wrong choice in that, and it was Amy was the one that's like, no, you know, we've got to let this thing go. Oh, that's and, right. No, yeah, okay. And so, you know, the fact him giving the fact him giving her the choice in this situation is like, okay, last time I was in a situation where humans had some giant monster captured as a power source, I made the wrong choice. So this time, I'm just going to go straight to my companion and go, yeah, you make the call on this one. Okay. So you know, I, I, maybe you know, maybe that's what the callback is to there. Well, I but, think it definitely uh, it is very reminiscent of that episode. I think. Now, yeah, I, well, the second I saw chains on the monster, I was like, "Oh, okay, beast below." Yeah, and there was okay. a um, there was also a Torchwood episode that was kind of like this one where they had I forget what it was. There was some monster that was basically like a big thing of meat that just kept growing. You cut off pieces of it, and it just keeps growing and growing. And they had it chained in a warehouse, and they were using it as like a food source. Um, huh. And it was I, I don't even remember what season it was. It was one of the seasons I think before they became at some point Torchwood became twenty four. Um, but before uh-huh. it turned into 24, I think it was one of the, like the first or the second season. Um, yeah, I, I've only seen a couple episodes of the first two seasons. The only season I've seen all the way through is the uh, third one, the uh, uh, Children of Earth, I think it was called. And that's the one, was... that's where they become 24, basically. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which I don't know how I felt about that. A lot of people liked that change. I used to watch 24, and to me it was just too close to 24. See, I never watched Twenty Four, so I I didn't I didn't have that problem. Okay, but, uh, it, but it, I didn't really watch it before then, so I I can't say if I would have liked it better before that point. I mean, Torchwood, I think it's not for everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't mind it. I I kind of liked it. There were parts of it that sometimes got a little bit zany, uh, but mm-hmm. but I but it was fun. It was a fun kind of a show. The first two seasons, I thought the thing I liked about them was how how fun they were. Um, and then the third and the fourth season got kind of dead serious, which yeah. is fine, but it was a very dramatic change. And I think the, uh, again, it was the, 
the the 24 aspect was a little like especially the fourth season i was just like this is uh, i i i feel like they're just like completely taking from 24 now and it's just too much i Uh, i think i watched the first two episodes of the fourth season and i was like yeah i'm done i'm out this this is terrible i just i just couldn't get into that at all i watched the uh, whole thing i watched the whole thing um (laughs) But also the whole thing with J- – J- I, I did think it got a li- – I mean, I know Jack Harkness is supposed to be kind of a questionable, like sort of morally gray character. Um, yeah. But they had – but they just kind of kept escalating that. Do you know what I mean? So um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you uh, know, I mean, if you, if you saw, you know, season three, then, you know, you know what I uh, – <laughs> I do know exactly what you mean. I mean, and to an extent, that was kind of a problem from the standpoint that Harkness was fun on Doctor Who, but he was kind of this kind of swashbuckling character that would kind of come in and it was like, oh, cool. It was kind of fun when he was around. So making him into some dark, dramatic, brooding character, it's like, well, man, that's not why I watch Jack Harkness. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, because he, he always had few scruples and would definitely, you know, bend the rules and things like that. And and, and I would say he was not like a – he wasn't overly heroic in the – um. When, when he was in Doctor Who, but no, but, but he was still fun, but he wasn't all. like, you know, uh, you know, killing, killing. Well, I don't want to. Well, season yeah, three is old. I, I'm going to spoil it because if you, you can seen spoil it, it. yeah, you can, spoil he, you know, it. K- killing his own grandson and, uh-huh. you know, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, granted, it was for probably the only reason that could ever justify killing your own grandson, but it still just felt a little too it, it, it was it, too pat yeah well, the the ease with which he did it was the problem it wasn't the, it wasn't the fact that he did it it was the ease with which he made the choice um yeah yeah um, it's i mean i think to an extent it's it's not the kind of thing I, i'm blanking on the actor's name but the guy that plays harkness you know it's like i think i think they kind of pushed him into the kind of role that that he is doesn't play to his strengths you know like i mean you know capaldi was in that season and capaldi had to do you know was put in a similar dark position and capaldi nailed it it was like one of the best parts of the show and it's like because that's the kind of actor he is whereas you know there's certain actors you you really shouldn't have their characters do certain things you kind of put that actor in a place where they're you know doing that kind of drama just I don't yeah, know. I, no, I would agree. And and the, the actor's name is John Barrowman, I think. John um, Barrowman, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but but uh, uh, yeah, no, he plays like the sort of like you said, the swashbuckly, um, you know, sort of dangerous and uh, romantic type uh, mm-hmm. character. Uh, but when you put him in the in into the more like the darker stuff, yeah, I would agree. I don't I don't know that I always bought it. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I thought I think he's a, you know he's a, I mean he is that character. Like I can't imagine anybody else playing that that character. So no, um, no, no, it's him. And, but uh, and the other thing too that the actor has been like he's one of the few actors that's like really kind of uh, I don't know he's he's kind of uh, you know gone to battle for the character and for the show too, which I think is is a good thing. Um, yeah. Um, even though I don't know that Torchwood should be in the style of 24, I appreciate that he's still advocating for a fifth season. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But well, I guess maybe they'll they'll go back. Anthology shows seem to be coming back more into style. So going back more into the episodic thing might 
beep what would happen if Torchwood were to come back, which, you know, we'll see. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I, I think also there's the, the problem that Torchwood has is just slowly been killing off of its its main characters. It's the same problem 24 mm-hmm. had. You, you kill off enough of the main characters and you, you, you know, you just have Jack Harkness after a while. So, yeah. um, so I yeah. think they have, I think, two characters from the beginning of the show now. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think if you count the woman's husband, you have three, but but still basically two characters from the start of the show, if I remember. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's worth mentioning that, you know, Chris Chibnall, who is the showrunner for the first two seasons of Torchwood, is the guy taking over Doctor Who next season. So, and, you know, a lot of people are upset about that because they didn't like Torchwood. Mm-hmm. And I, can you know, see... I think. Oh, go oh, ahead. Go, go ahead. OK, okay. I, I think it's kind of unfair from the standpoint that the situation with Torchwood was that Russell T. Davies was going to be the showrunner on Torchwood in addition to being the showrunner on Doctor Who. And he got through most of the setup on Torchwood. and He thought, wow, this is really a lot more than I can handle. Mm. And then he passed it off to Chris Chibnall. So it's like, you know, everyone going, oh, well, you know, a Chris Chibnall show looks like Torchwood. And it's like, well, I mean, obviously he had some influence on it, but I don't think I don't think it's a fair reflection of what a show he would actually create would be. So, and he's, and he's made other series too that have been very uh, not series other shows that have been very um, successful, uh, right? Cram. Yeah, uh, Broadchurch is very good. I've seen that. I, I like that a lot. I still haven't. Uh, I haven't seen Broadchurch. I, I also I would think one advantage of bringing him in is if you have the guy who did Broadchurch, that means that he can bring in David Tennant, and you know that's he, true. He probably he has more easy access. To, to to that which, which would also give him access to what is it the, is the fifth doctor his um his father-in-law no the uh, sixth doctor the, the sixth yeah, doctor the davison sixth doctor. yeah um and uh and so yeah so uh what was i gonna say so but but yeah so i think that um uh i don't know i, I don't know what to expect from it i, I suppose it's probably the closest thing you're gonna get to somebody like he's got to be the closest guy to the tenant era doctor who and that seems to be what they're going for with the 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 next series uh based on everything i've heard so so he might you know he might be the right fit but but like you said torchwood got kind of wonky sometimes and uh <laughs> and and it, and it and it was and and i mean torchwood did things that doctor who never did like there were like a lot of things in there that were just like i think blatantly supernatural and um yeah, uh, it was a different kind of show. It was kind of like when it first started, it was almost like Doctor Who meets the X Files, and then it became like Torchwood meets Twenty Four. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> but but I like the Doctor Who meets the X Files. I don't think I would want that for Doctor Who though. So uh, no, so yeah. I don't think Chibnall will try. I mean, we've seen we've seen Chibnall episodes of Doctor Who. I mean, and they and, you know they were pretty fun on the whole. I think. I mean. I, I I liked the Power of Three. I liked uh, I thought I thought Power of Three would have been a better ending for uh, Amy and Rory than the actual episode where they ended them. It's like I thought if Power of Three was the last episode we ever had with them, they would be more, you know, it would have been a better storyline. Okay. And uh, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship was the one where they introduced Rory's father, and he was a good character. So, you know, I think Chibnall's done good things on the show. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, he's not there. There are, there are definitely um, uh, some writers that, that, that haven't. 
Now, did he did he direct those or write those? What was his? Um, he wrote them. He wrote yeah. them. Okay. I don't think he's directed anything, okay. to my knowledge. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I I I I, I don't really I, I'm trying to keep my mind open there. I don't know what I'm what it's going to be like. I don't I don't mm-hmm. want to have any, uh, I, you know, I I. I he seems as good of a choice as they could have made. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I'm fine with the cho- choice. Like I said, I'm I'm open minded. It, it might not be good, but I'm not. I'm not. It's not like I'm, I'm sure this guy is going to be fantastic because I, you know, I thought Moffat would be. I, I think Moffat's done okay, but I thought Moffat would be better than he would. So I'm not going to be too optimistic about anyone. But well, uh, and I think I think what's interesting is he basically wrote like the best episode ever, and and. And so, you know, you, you would you would think that that would translate into everybody liking him as a showrunner. But obviously, um, nope. maybe that's not the best. You know, I thought he was fine as a showrunner, but I can definitely see he took it in his own direction. And mm-hmm. and he he and, 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 and you can see it when, you know, when when you when you when you when you go back to that episode and say, oh, yeah, I can sort of see I can see how he would go in this direction um, yes. with it. But uh, I, I think um I, I don't know, like, what, what was it about the... Because I think you maybe are less a fan than I am of the Moffat era. So what's your... um, uh, What was your assessment of it? Like, what do you think... Where do you think it didn't go right? I, I feel like Moffat gets too clever for his own good. He has good ideas, and he just pushes them way too far. It's like, you know, my feeling with, you know, I mean... I think the thing I, I, you know, people some feel like, well, Chibnall doesn't have enough of a vision. There's nothing exciting. And I'm like, well, that's what I I'm going to I'd rather have a showrunner who's a little more modest. that's going to let the other writers that come in every week be the ones that have more power over the show, you know. OK. And, you know, because, you know, there, it's just it's just the, the you know, aside from the I liked Moffat's first season. I thought he really balanced the overall plot arc with the individual episodes very well in that first one. But. The others just got too loopy. It's like he just every, you know, I mean, every season is some major crazy time collapsing thing. And it just it it, it got crazy. And I, 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 I'm really not a fan. Arch, you know, Russell T. Davies did this, too. But I'm just not a fan of the doctor being known by everybody in the universe, too. That is something I've not liked about the new show. Okay. You know, everywhere he goes. That's not unique goes, to, to, to Moffat. That's, um, that's kind yeah, of the new show, I think. It is. I know. And I mean, the thing is, the thing is that bugs me is there have been like a few times where it felt like Moffat understood that and backed away from it. You know, like, you know, at one point we had the Daleks memory get erased and they forgot who the doctor was you know when the when the pre-clara version of clara you know uh hacked into the daleks computer and made them all forget who he was i was like great that's fantastic and then within an episode the daleks all knew who the doctor was again it's like no that's yeah there, there is a constant you broke reset it again. and i i don't i guess this was kind of present during the davies era too but it seems like it's stronger now um where where there is a constant resetting of, of conceits like that. Um, a lot of times they're tied to what's going on. So it's not like he's breaking the rules necessarily. Like it's a, you know, there's, it's a time travel show. So you can do that, but it happens with such frequency that, um, it can be disorienting. 
because um, when I go when I think back on the series, and again, I, I like the Moffat era. I thought I, I thought it was different than the Davies era for sure. It felt more mm-hmm. almost. It had like a heavy dash of Steven Spielberg to it, and um, mm-hmm. it felt. I guess the way I would look at, it, I felt like Davies knew he was a showrunner, and I feel like Moffat is almost like he's making a movie. Um, yeah, do you know what I mean? That yeah. that seems to be the difference to me. Um, there's more atmosphere in the, in the Moffat era. Um, there is, which which could be good or bad depending on on, on what you're going for. But it, it's not, you know. I think I think every every choice like that has an upside and a downside, and so um, uh, it definitely has an effect. And I can see why it. I can see, even though I like it, I can see why it's been divisive. Um, yeah, and I, and I do I do like his era overall. I'm just at the point now where I'm like ready for something different, you mm-hmm. know. Right? If you ask me in a year or two, I'll probably be more positive about him because it'll be like over right now i'm kind of reaching the point where i'm like okay okay but you know but actually he's been fine this year to be honest he hasn't done there hasn't been anything where he's done any of his old tricks again it's like so maybe maybe he's kind of backed away from doing so i gotta say we'll see he feels like the kind of guy that like he's a very i i I, one of the reasons why i like him is because i feel like Mm -hmm. he's a little bit like me he's very stubborn i think and so I feel like he's the sort of yeah. person if you tell if you keep telling him to go left all the time he's going to go right just because just out of spite. <laughs> and I I respect people like that. Um so even when he uh-huh. does things I don't like, if they're done out of spite, I almost <laughs> I almost feel better. Do you know what I mean? It's like a um cuz one of the things that and and this is sort of a little beside the topic, but one of the things that sort of frustrates me now about when I'm watching shows is I feel like there's a constant the, the, the doorway between fandom and the people making these things is like such a two-way street now that yeah. that there's I feel like too often fans just get what they want tailor-made. And a lot of times yes. that happens to me. Like I, I'm like, oh, it'd be awesome if they did. Like the thing with the Valyard, you know what I mean? But I mm-hmm. guarantee you, if they if they do that, it's probably gonna suck. Do you know what I mean? Like like um, yeah, it's, it's I know of, fans fans don't know what they want, which well, is a I'll, huge problem in the crowdsourcing era. I'll, but, uh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of this, and it's a different show, but I think it totally captures the problem. Um, the Walking Dead. I I was one of those people that was like, oh, Rick and Michonne have got to get together and be a couple. They'd be like the ultimate power team. And mm-hmm. and there were problems with that idea that I didn't think of as a fan because I was just like, oh, I like those two characters, you know, having them together as, as like, you know, because, you know, Andrea is not in the show like she is in the comics. It makes total sense. They should go there. And once they actually did it, I was like, hmm, something about this isn't working. What's wrong? <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I like both characters. They should be. You know, it should it should double their value when they're together, but it's not working. And, Why am and, I not happy? Yeah. No, yeah, and I realized no. what it was is they had already established those characters' relationships for such a long time that by the time they changed it and made them like, uh, you know, uh, like not husband and wife, but boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. It, it just didn't. It, it's like I, I already sort of accepted these characters as best friends. And now it's like it's like something in my brain is not catching up with the change and so yeah. it's disrupting the chemistry that they should have and i realized oh, you know they should have just taken a character like sasha or some other character that they didn't have an established relationship with with rick in the like like they knew each other but there was no line of you know this is what they're about uh so that it would have been they could have redefined the relationship and there wasn't any baggage and so i think that again it's a different show but i think that that's um you know one of the reasons why I've 
kind of liked Moffat at the helm is because I feel like he's very resistant to to viewer demands for for content. I agree. Um, I respect that too. I, I I there's nothing I hate more than stuff working into a show just because it's you know all over Tumblr or something, and they're like, "Ooh, look what's happening on Tumblr. Let's do that in the show." And it's like, "Oh God." Yeah. But, and, uh, and again, it's sometimes stuff I want, but I just haven't thought through all the problems with it because I'm a fan, yeah, I'm not well, a show writer. I, um, I like your point about. Uh, you know, when a relationship's been in a show for multiple seasons and then you change it because, you know, that's that's years for the viewer. And it's like it's so rare for that to happen in real life where it's like, oh, well, you've you've known, you know, someone for years and then it, and it does happen. But it's 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 an unusual thing. Usually things kind of click a little faster than, you know, three years. Well, and I uh, think I think if you're going to do that, I think, number one, you can do it. It's not that it can't be done. It's just that I mean, it it, it can't just be turned like a switch. You've got to mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to it's got to be a tension that's on the rise for a while, so that when it happens, it's like wow, you know what I mean? It's like it, it yes, it, and and it, and it just wasn't in this case as much. Again, as much as I wanted that as a fan, I was a big fan of that pairing, and it just you know now I'm realizing okay, they they needed to take a character that was less established in terms of what they were you know in, in terms of her relationship to Rick um, so that they could, they could uh, sort of define the, the relationship from that point on. So, and, and I, I, and again, I think, I think you, you see this all the time with Dr. Who usually around other things where fans just, there are all kinds of things fans want. And some mm-hmm. of them are very good things. Some of them are things that, um, you know, maybe should be in the show, but, but some of them are uh, things that if you think through them, they might not work, even though they're, even though on their own, they're great. And so I think that you, I kind of like, when the showrunner's like, no, this is my show. Even if it's gonna, even if it's bad, I'm gonna do it because it's my show. And you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it, it's it's just better than than you know, like crowdsourcing a, a television series. I think that's the yeah. That's I the, mean, you know, when I when I talk about shows, I'll often say, oh man, they should have done this thing. And it's like I like doing that. It's fun for me to do that. But I, at the same time, I never want a show to just oh do the thing I want. It's more of just an intellectual exercise on my part of. Oh, what would I have, you know, what, what would I have done? But, uh, cause yeah, the, it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean like last week my, my comments were all, well, I would have done this. I would have done this. I would have done this, but that, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that, that, uh, they're doing their own thing. But, uh, but Moffat's good. I, I, I like, and you're right about the style thing. There's, I think the style of the, the, his seasons looks better stylistically than most of uh, the previous era, the Davies era. It's uh, yeah, the Davies era looks pretty dated to me in a lot of ways. But uh, and and again, I think it's. I mean, I think for a lot of people, that style is what's off-putting about it because it does have more of a Spielberg. <laughs> you know, it's. I, I would say it's. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm. You know, but but to me, it seems almost like a little bit American at times. The the the. Yeah, the it's. There's, there's definitely kind of an 80s science fiction, like, you know, the, the kind of pulpier side of 80s science fiction vibe to it with, you know, the rubber suits and stuff. And uh, I, yeah, that you didn't get as much. It's uh, Davies would occasionally go in that direction. But uh, and you know what it is? Yeah. Too? It's the music. It's the music and the atmosphere. That's what really I think kind of gives it. I mean, there was music during during the Davies era, too, but it just didn't mm-hmm. it felt different. I don't. I don't know how to put my finger on it. Um, it just felt different than than the Moffat era, which is, 
uh, again, kind of got, it's got a little bit more of that. I mean, I, I like Spielberg, you know, it's just got kind of got like a Spielberg touch to it for me. I think uh, a lot of it is, uh, the companions during the Moffat era have their own themes, which are these really kind of wistful kind of themes. You know, you've got Amy's theme and you've got Clara's theme through their respective eras. Mm. And those, I think those, those are very different than the themes that they give the doctors, you know, which are the more bombastic, ooh, big things are did, happening. Thing. Did like Rose have a musical theme? Did they have musical themes for the characters? I don't remember or? Rose's theme. If, if Rose, she probably did, but uh, I can't, I can't remember it as clearly as I remember. I, I distinctly know what Amy's theme and what Clara's theme were. Yeah. Yeah, Clara, but, uh, Clara th- I mean, they play Clara's theme all the time. So, like, you, you that one got a little heavy. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, I don't need the theme anymore. I've got the point. Um, but, yeah, uh, I thought Amy's theme was used pretty well. But yeah, Clara's, man. Well, you know what it is? Sometimes, and again, I'm sure part of this is budget, but sometimes it feels like can in canned music, I'm actually a fan of in a lot of things. Like, I love it when I'm watching like a Hong Kong movie and they. They, they they throw in some Inyo Morricone or something just you know, yeah because, you know, yeah but but, uh, well, that's... but but if but if, but if, but if you feel like somebody in a in an editing room is pushing a button to make the theme come in it's it it can I don't know it can kind of feel a little less organic sometimes so Doctor Who could use a bigger music budget definitely there's a lot of times where the music comes up and you're like oh it's this theme yeah. and it's like and it's you know, the better the theme is, the worse it, it becomes because it's like, you know, the first time you hear that theme, you're like, wow, yeah, it, it fits that scene. And then it just gets diluted over well, time. And... Well, they did that with the Matt, Matt Smith had a theme like that. Like whenever yes. whenever the episode was kind of kind of building up to something, it started playing. I think it was like a trumpet thing that was like uh, very dramatic and and really got your blood flowing. And the first eight times i heard it, i was like wow this is great and then mm-hmm. around the ninth or the tenth i started oh this is you know uh maybe maybe time for some new music um uh, yeah and I, you know they'll be they'll be the, the kind of stinker episodes where they play it too that really damage it you're like oh this music's playing and this stupid plot is playing out and it doesn't work that's yeah, there a is, good point, there is a roses theme actually i i i just checked there is a roses theme but okay. Yeah, I, I'm not going to play it right now, but just, uh, just to, to answer the question. Yeah, I don't think we can play that stuff or we'll have to, like, pay the money. That's um, my point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'm not, not, not. I was going to hum the Matt Smith scene. I was like, I don't even want to. Uh, I don't even want to. Uh, uh, I don't want to get into that territory. Cut, cut into the, the, all the money we're making off this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. no. Um, <laughs> no, all of our all of our pennies. But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a, a, a really good point, because if there's music that's really dramatic and great, it would be like like, again, playing Ecstasy and Gold, Ecstasy of Gold, where, um, yeah. you know, that's an, one of my favorite Fantastic. musical yeah. pieces from for movies ever. Oh, a big if, Morricone fan. I, yeah, I've got tons of his music. But but, uh, but if you played it over a sucky movie. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, it just, it just, it's just rubbing salt in the wound. Um, yeah. You, you, well, you start thinking about the other movie is the problem. You're like, man, yes. <laughs> I could be watching something else. It's, uh, yeah, you, you've got to be really careful with that kind of sampling. But, uh, yeah. I the, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, people have been complaining about the music in Doctor Who, all the way back to the Russell Davies era. Like Murray Gold is the composer and a lot of people absolutely hate Murray Gold. I, mean, uh, I, I don't think he's a, I mean, I guess 
my only complaint is it feels, and I I assumed that this was budget more than anything else, but it feels like he does like one really great metal melody, and they kind of just keep playing it. Um, yeah, I think that's a budget thing. They just okay. have him write two it's, or three pieces of music a year, and they just play them yeah. over and over. I mean, over. he's not like trying to do a Philip Glass, right? Like he's not just playing the same thing over and over and no. over again. Um, no. I think I think it's just like they pay him for that one melody, and that's why we get the one melody. If yeah. if he was doing the Philip Glass thing, I might get irritated but i did i did i don't take that to be what is going on um no i think i think a lot of people get bent out of shape because you know well some people don't like it when the music some people are opposed to the idea of the music trying to influence your mood which well yeah that's kind of why music's in movies but uh or tv shows i i feel totally the, the opposite i i am unapologetically uh if, if movie has a good music or a show has good music and it gets me to the like on the wavelength mm-hmm. they want me to be on, I'm all for it. And it'll it'll my my favorite movies almost always it boils down to they they have you know it's a great movie but they also have great music that yes. that that gets me into the film. I I think that's I mean it, a movie and a show it's visual it's 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 sound oriented you know there's. there's you you can't have one without the other. We're not watching silent movies anymore. So I feel like you the the music and the sound sound effects are very important. In fact, one of my first observations about this this episode was I was having trouble hearing what they were saying because of the way the sound was mixed. The um, sound was terrible in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I was agree. like I, I had the subtitles on through the whole episode because yeah, I was just like what. And I and I think what it was was the background noise was too too loud or something and mm-hmm. and 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 this doctor and and bill they both i think maybe their voices are a little on the lower end of the register or something but whatever it was it wasn't rising above the the background chatter uh yeah of the festival and i and i was struggling i was like is there something wrong with my ears like i got like a q-tip i'm like there's something going on here it's either me or the episode and and so i ended up selecting on my tv i have a i have a an audio option called clear voice I selected that, and suddenly I could hear them perfectly. Oh, uh, interesting! But yeah, but, oh, but just... that was after ten minutes of this. I'm gonna like just give this a bad rating because it was I couldn't hear a damn thing. So yeah, um, I I I was DVRing it, so I, I you know I I started about fifteen minutes late, so I was just continually rewinding every time I didn't hear something and turning on the uh, the closed captions. So oh okay yeah see I, there was a lot where I was like what did he just say what did you and. And I was like, I didn't have this problem episode one or two, so I don't know what's no. going on. No, but, but I, you're right. It's probably the location they were shooting at. Yeah, but, and the and the crowds. But that just gets back into sound is important and music is important. And so I think that um, you know, I I, I, I think if they can, you know, get great theme music into a show like this, that's fine. Uh mm-hmm. the only issue I have is like again, when they when they overuse the same theme, it can get yeah. kind of tedious. Um, and it's and, it's, you know, and it's also the kind of story you're telling. I mean, you know, I get if someone's doing like some quiet, you know, kind of drama about, you know, family tension and stuff. And, you know, where there's very a lot of ambiguity amongst the characters. And it's like, yeah, you don't want the movie, the music telling you this person's the good person and that person's the bad person. But something like Doctor Who or, you know, a Hong Kong action movie or stuff. It's like, no, I totally want the music boosting the show because it's it's 
it's it's a different kind of thing. I don't care if the music's manipulating me. I'm watching this to be manipulated. That's well, what I want. For action, I think music is really important. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, I, you know, Hong Kong movies, wuxia especially, I think that if you don't have that... I mean, I, some of them have crappy music, and, and because it's a great movie, it overcomes the, the lack of good music. But the wuxia movies, the Hong Kong action movies, they have great... Sometimes they're not even original music. It's just music that they've pulled from somewhere else, but that, that have chosen a really good... Uh, background music for for a crucial moment it makes the all the difference in the world and so that's yeah um and and i think again i think that's one of the reasons why tarantino movies are so successful because the music selection is usually spot on and and i think that you know that really helps uh pull people in so with with doctor who i'm fine with it i do get that it's maybe uh not the sort of show where people have that expectation so uh, yeah yeah it varies and I guess the other problem, some people are just upset that we don't have the old fashioned like synthesizer type scores that we had back in the day of the 60s and 70s on the show, which I like those. But I also get that, hey, it's a different show. It's a different era. And, Though, who but, knows? I mean, with all the 80s nostalgia we're going through right now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if the next ser- series of Doctor Who uh-huh. has some uh, at least some Korg synth going on in the background um i I agree with you because yeah i mean it's you know stuff like the you know stranger things soundtrack and stuff people are really into synthesizer now so apparently like uh the guy uh the guy who edits uh our ogre gate stuff he uh is involved there's a whole scene of people that are into electronic music like i think it's like programmed music or something i don't know exactly what it is but there's a whole Mm -hmm. scene of of people that are into that that you know so, uh, so I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, I think we might be in for a bit, you know, a lengthy trend with the, uh, with, with the Korg synth and, and other types of, uh, um, I forget what it's called, but the, the, you know, the, the sort of, um, uh, computer generated type music. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, but yeah, Moogs and all that stuff. But yeah, there's a documentary actually on the people that did the music for, uh, the BBC electronic stuff for Doctor Who. That's pretty great. But, uh, but yeah, I, the radio, the, the BBC radiophonic workshop, that's the, uh, the people that would do that. And it was all splicing tapes and just really low tech electronic music. The, but, I mean, uh, the original theme song was, I mean, it's held up over many, many years, I think. Um, oh, whether yeah. that's because it's familiar or because it's great, I don't know. Um, that's always a hard thing to really pin down when you have like a classic melody that everybody knows. Um, yeah. But but I think it's held up a lot. Um, and it's, and it's yeah, one the, that, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it was actually originally written as a more traditional composition. And one of the sound engineers... Uh, did this electronic version of it, you know, just kind of based off the original, more symphonic arrangement. And the guy that did the original composition was like, wow, that's absolutely fantastic. And he wanted to give her the the writing credit for it. But because she was a sound engineer, there were like union rules and stuff. And so she couldn't get the credit for it. But, uh, but he was like, no, that's that's not even my music anymore. You've done something amazing and different. But, okay, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that that it, it's one. It's one of these melodies. I think you can you can. I can imagine it being done in in different ways. Like I've seen people do it in different ways on guitar and all kinds of things, and it always translates very well, which is a good sign. Um, yeah. 
But uh, but yeah, speaking of the old Doctor, I heard that they're going to bring the first Doctor back for the next Christmas special. I don't know if that's true. I have heard that. Yeah, the guy who played him in the movie. Uh, did you see the uh, the recent movie about the beginning of the TV show? Yeah, I did. I saw. I, saw, I, I wasn't paying as much attention because it was airing when I was uh, at, fa- at family's house and, you know, yeah so but but i did it it was pretty good i I liked that it's not like essential you must throw it out and see it but it was it was an enjoyable thing to watch one night and uh but he yeah he's he'd be great having him actually come on playing the uh first doctor is is a brilliant idea so i hope the rumor is true yeah i i think that's a good idea um because i i i think a lot of people who saw that movie if they aren't because i mean you know not a lot of people i think even watch the original episodes now so some people might even think of that guy as the first doctor rather than the guy who played him. Um, yeah. Uh, so it, you know, it makes, it, it makes sense. Not that, I mean, there are people obviously who, who do watch the older episodes, but I, I think that there's probably, uh, newer fans that that guy might've been their first exposure to the, um, to the first doctor. And so, sure. uh, and, and also he seems to be a good actor. Like I, I remember thinking that he did a good job in that, uh, in, in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I think you can pull it off. Yeah, I've heard the rumor is that it's going to tie into the, uh, you know, kind of tie back to the, uh, you know, the the 50th anniversary special where Capaldi popped in for like a split second, you know, and that was his first appearance. So it's kind of going to explain why he showed up in the the anniversary special. So I guess the first doctor is going to recruit him. I don't know. I'm speculating at this point, but uh but yeah, I don't know if that's true at all. I mean, that might be that might be people just speculating off the fact he's even gonna they're even gonna meet. But uh, but yeah, I, I like the first Doctor a lot. He is uh, one of my favorite Doctors just because he is he's not heroic and he's really really kind of a jerk at times. And uh, and uh, he, yeah, he's interesting. He's uh, he's kind of closer to the, the Dr. Smith on lost in space model than anything else. But I think that was first before lost in space. So it's really the influence is the other way around. Well, the, some the original episodes that I've seen, what I've liked about them, number one, like I said last time, I like that. He's kind of like, it's kind of like the affection that he shows is like when your grandfather showed affection, it's a little bit more meaningful because he's so crotchety all the time. And he's so, you know, it's yeah. like, and he, he doesn't yeah. seem to really like children all that much. Um, but, uh, <laughs> The, the thing I also liked about the original series was when they did the history episodes, at least the ones that I've seen, um, they it, it's kind of got a little bit more of a, we're going to kind of go and show you about this time in history sort of feel. Yeah. And I kind of liked that um, just as like a former history student. I thought that was kind of, you know, that, it, th- those episodes definitely worked for me for that reason. Uh, you could certainly critique the accuracy of any show that does that, but just that they're doing it, I think is... Um, it was originally pitched as an educational show, and okay. that's why, and that's why, why the the original companions are school teachers. You know, there's the science teacher and the history teacher, okay. because they were going to be able to explain things about the historical eras they went to. And the rule in the show is there will be no monsters and there will be no aliens in the show. <laughs> wow. That was like a firm rule when it was conceived. Well, I guess so, that went which, out the window. That but... went out. Yeah, second storyline with the Daleks was boom gone. And and I don't know how much that would fly in a modern show because it might it might come off wrong if they if if like if you had him going around explaining everything. Um, oh I mean, yeah, he does a little bit yeah. of it, but not well, to the. It, did, it didn't even fly back then. So, okay. <laughs> but but I kind of liked it. I I liked the sort of like you know what do you call it edutainment or uh, 
I know there's some yeah, kind of weird uh, compound. The episode, the episodes like the Aztecs, where it's just purely kind of them involved in a historical drama with no alien or supernatural element of any kind. Those are great episodes. And, and it's like, what is it, like four-parters or something, if I remember that Aztec episode. I yeah. Think it was like four yeah. parts. Yeah, all um, the old episodes are either four or six parts. And also but, the, uh, the, the the ending of that one is a pretty grim lesson from the Doctor, uh, yes. as I recall. That was a pretty, yeah, you know. It's dark. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what it is, too? And I think, and again, I think we're getting into history here, but I feel like a lot of people have a very, I don't know what the word is, almost a comic book level understanding of how history should operate and things like that. And I feel like the thing about that episode, even though, I mean, you could definitely criticize it was made a while ago and, you know, uh, and I'm no Aztec expert, but I'm sure there were probably inaccuracies in it. Um, but but just in terms of the general sort of like, you know, this is what history is about, sort of being able, the doctor being able to remove himself from yeah. the history and not getting as personally involved as the, um, I forget which character it was, but one of the characters got deeply involved and wanted to change oh, the outcomes. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of liked that angle uh, just as a historian, you know, not, not a historian, but as a former history student where, you know, the idea is like being a little bit more objective about it. Um, sure. And so I, I so, that, you know, again, I don't know. I don't again, I don't know how much that would fly today because I think it might come off as callous because we're not used to it, um, though. This doctor is kind of doing that. You know, he's kind of gets into that territory. And that's kind of yeah. what some of the exchanges between uh, him and Bill were this episode. So, um, yeah, he's a little more standoffish. She's kind of looking at the big picture on how to fix the whole thing, not worried about the individual people all the time. But uh but yeah, I, I, you know, because I, with the historical episodes, that always is kind of the problem now is that you always know there's going to be an alien somewhere, you know, yeah. it's just, and it's just, it's so predictable. I mean, I, I wish, I wish it could be sometimes there's an alien and sometimes it's just some, yeah. some problem they need to deal with. That's a historical issue, but I don't I know. I guess their worry is it would get, is if they, is they run the risk of boring people if they yeah they just have it be historical um but i mean i think it could work i mean there there you could have a very in fact what about the episode um capaldi's episode when vesuvius exploded was was there an alien threat in that one i'm trying to remember yeah the uh, though there was some aliens underneath the volcano oh, yeah, that okay. were erupting it i don't remember why yeah, but there were they aliens had... as well. yep so i think um i don't know i think i think you could definitely i mean Rome is a very interesting place. History is very interesting. You could do it without the monsters for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think they would just have to be careful because they, they, if you're going to do one like that, it's going to have to, they're going to have to hit it out of the park. Um, and, yeah, and history is hard I, because people get very, everybody kind of picks a side and everybody kind of has a, you know what I mean? It can, mm, if you, yeah, if you, I get your the, point. The you get aliens, it all in those fights. The yeah. aliens can kind of distract from that concern. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but then once, you know, once the protagonists and villains are purely historical, um, yeah, then you, you, you run into some of, you have to have sort of the, you know, some of the stuff you run into with the Aztec episode. And so, um, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's kind of the thing that, I mean, it is, it is kind of, kind of the, uh, the thing that, that you have to actively ignore when you watch Doctor Who. He'll go to any planet and he finds some tyrannical government and he's like, oh, I got to overthrow this. But he mostly hangs around on 20th century Earth and it's like, oh, North Korea, eh, whatever. You know, yeah, I just, guess that's interesting. Yeah, you can't, um, 
It's like he just he's just completely oblivious to any tyranny going on on Earth for the most part. Have they ever know? addressed that or is that just something that we just I mean, has there ever been an episode where they were like, oh, this is why? Like, I uh, don't think I don't think it's ever been addressed. Okay. But uh, I mean, I mean maybe maybe. Well, obviously, they've got the whole thing about fixed points in time that can't be changed to get history. So I don't know. Maybe North Korea is a fixed point in time. They've never said it. But, well, perhaps know. he spent so much time on Earth that. There are a lot of fixed points in our history, and that's why. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. but I don't know. That's that that it, that also there there is the problem if they have him routinely going around and like every injustice that he encounters, he undoes in the past. That mm-hmm. completely changes the the history timeline, and then before you yeah. know it, the show is operating on a timeline that looks nothing like our history at all oh i i know why they have to do it i just saying it's just uh it's just something you have to actively ignore a lot of time but of course you know humans being one of the major you know species throughout the universe in the future it's like okay it does kind of make sense he doesn't want to screw with human history because it's going to have a huge ripple effect across the entire universe if he plays with it so you know i can kind of get it okay but, he kind of he can fix the anomalies like aliens showing up, but yeah. But again, the Aztec episode, I don't think that they, they didn't change it. That was the point of that one. They didn't really change anything. Well, so. those those were the rules of the show back then. Was the Doctor was no time can't be rewritten. You can't mess with time. That was uh, you know it's just he's he's flipped completely on in the new series. But yeah, it was just it was a different different show back then. Though though even in the new series, I mean, like when when Tenet did that. And had disastrous consequences. Do you know what I mean? There's still that, like, yeah. There's still that. It's still there. I feel there's a lot. There's obviously more flexibility around it now. But like, I don't know. I mean, you, you could you could just go back to a fixed point in time in history and have the episode revolve around that, and you you wouldn't you know you there would the need for him to change everything wouldn't wouldn't arise. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to see another episode like that where it's. And I, I there's got to be one in the new who that's that that's historical that doesn't have an alien. There's got to be. Um, um, in the new who that uh, historical. Let's see. Let's let's run through them. We've got the the first one was the Charles Dickens one with the ghosts, which you know the ghosts were aliens. Uh, let's see. The next season we had. Uh, Man, what was it? There was the Shakespeare one. No, actually, that season three is the Shakespeare one, and that had some kind of weird aliens, or witches, or witch aliens, or something. I've forgotten. Um, the uh, the Agatha Christie one had the the giant space the bee. bee. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty hard to forget that one. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting the, the historical one from season two. I mean, I think it was yeah, uh, a writer. Claw had some... werewolves, right? Um, oh, the werewolves! Yeah, the Queen Victoria and the werewolves. That and, was season two. And the girl in the fireplace. I'm pretty sure had aliens. Ah, uh, yeah, that had those clockwork robots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm. Sh- I feel like there should, there must be one somewhere. But yeah, you're probably right that it's. Uh, um, <laughs> Maybe. But but. Uh, They've probably been historical stop-offs within episodes, like more in the Moffat area to get those episodes where they'll jump around quickly between times. So I'm sure if you want to count those. Oh, you know, like where yeah. he like went in and out? Uh, no, I mean like a full episode. In, full um... episode, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean that's it's kind of the can of worms that Moffat has opened, which is 
really cool is that you know before you know before Moffat, the time travel was mainly a convenience to get people from one episode to the next, mm-hmm. and Moffat's the one that's really gone. Hey, let's have let's mess around with actual doing things with time travel, which is which is has led to some cool episodes, but it's made made the show a lot more complicated and made it a lot more easier to get things that don't quite add up. Well, so. and, I, and I think if you do have a show about time travel, it makes sense that you would be able to, if you, you know, that you can impact time. Um, oh yeah. You know, I it's, agree. It's one, of the, it's one of the fun things about that kind of genre. Um, but I, again, I guess it kind of still sort of is seated, I think in the Davies era with the, um, uh, what was the episode? Water of, Mar- uh, water of Mars. Was that it? Water Waters of Mars. Mars. Yeah. That was the, um, I mean, it, a big... and granted, it, it went bad. Um, you know, yeah. that was one of the more. I, I thought the ending to that episode was pretty, pretty surprising, actually, the way that it ended. But um, oh, uh, I know a, a good Davies era uh, one where he did have uh, history had changed. The uh, turn left, the Donna episode, turn left, where uh, it's the one about where she turns right instead of left. Oh and yeah, never meets the doctor. You kind of see that whole alternate timeline unfold uh that was that was one of the better time travel episodes there i thought but but i do think you're right that in the moffat era it's 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 kind of more (laughs) interwoven standard practice as opposed to being uh an an occasional thing i suspect there'll be less of it um out of necessity just because it, it their their character and setting bibles must now be really mm-hmm. really dense um yeah just due to the yeah. you know you're having to keep track of timelines and all that stuff um yeah i can't think of any any timey whiminess going on in any of uh chibnall's episodes he's written so it doesn't seem to be something he really leans hard on so okay i mean i'm sure we'll get a different feel i mean i i, I think every showrunner is going to bring something different so i imagine yeah. this one will too but and it's, um, people will hate it no matter what. I mean, I thought I thought dinosaurs on a spaceship was fun, but I know people really hated it. I, I you know what it was? Um, it was the uh, actually um, we've been going on for an hour and ten minutes, so I'm going to end the episode here. I know it's in the middle. We of We should thought. end it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll get back to this in um, next week because I want to talk about dinosaurs on a spaceship. So I will, uh, um, so I'm going to end it here and we will be on next week with episode four.